The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey gang, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, one and all. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, If you're keeping score, guys, we are just four days away as people get this, get to this podcast in their feed. Four days until Clone Wars drops. <sighs> kind of snuck up on us, huh? Even yeah, though we've talked about heavy. it sort of, you know, I don't think we've talked about it every single week. I mean, in the last couple weeks, we've done recaps on arcs, but it just like the release date just boom it's here and, and how how did that work out for you guys like do you think you're gonna get to the end no like, I'll, I'll be straight up honest here like i got to the end of season three at this point i'm pretty much gonna skip season four for the most part i think i'm gonna get right into season five you're talking and, about, like, uh, on the rewatch yeah oh hell no no god i'm still somewhere trapped in season one like oh dude you, you failed bad well good thing it's on a test <laughs> uh, it, but it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, gonna do. I'm gonna finish five and then uh, lost miss the lost missions there. Uh, yeah, you think you're gonna get it all crammed in there before? Well, I'm. Uh, I am almost done season five, so yeah, for sure. Cool. I, I think if we're, if I'm being honest, season five is the most important season to watch, with for good reason. Yeah, as it kind of relates to season seven coming up. Well, that's why, like, like I was saying earlier on the, the Disney Plus streaming thing, there they have the twenty essential episodes, and I think the last like six are just basically the end of season five. Yeah. Not, not to mention of season six. Yeah, I'm not, not surprised by that whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, the last arc is four episodes of the Ahsoka arc, and then the three preceding episodes to that are the ones we're going to talk about today, uh, which is the that Maul arc. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so good. So good. Oh, man. I love that arc. Uh, and yeah, there you go. So yeah, four days away until Clone Wars drops. We're going to get back, back to that old drill of, I don't know how you guys are going to do it this time. Like, are you as excited for this as you were for Mando? Or is it because Clone Wars is a known quantity? You're sort of like, yeah, I know what to expect. I know what's coming. Uh, yeah. Mando was more exciting to me because it, it was launching the whole Disney Plus thing. Yeah, uh, I think it was all it was all put together, um, and, and because it was the first live action show, so it was a little bit different. Uh, this is like you said, it's a known quantity already. Uh, so yeah, it's maybe not as high, but I think um, the subject matter is going to suck everybody in, which is awesome. Like I think that's that that's where the selling point of of getting the last season of Clone Wars in is is it's the actual story that they're telling that's gonna sell us and not only that from what we've seen of the visuals like we we've done um a couple of arcs here where uh, we did um the mortis arc and uh the domino squad like wh where there was 
one of the episodes from season one and then season three. And now we're doing season five. And wow, what a huge difference. Like <laughs> it's, I, I can't wait to see what season seven is. It's going to, it's, I mean, already from the trailers, it's, it looks gorgeous. It looks so, so good. There's a couple of yeah. shots from uh, the battle of Coruscant. Mm. And it just, it looks like it's almost straight out of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Like it just looks so nice. I can't wait to see it. And it just, yeah, I mean, the, they're putting the budget in there now. and they, Like they were in seasons four and five when the show just looked out of this world. And then canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to echo what Carlos said a bit there, just in the double, double whammy, whammy. The whole Disney Plus thing and the live action tie-in really added to the Mandalorian and Especially the live action thing. Plus, he looked so goddamn cool beforehand. And we knew that John Favreau was associated with it, which is pretty intense. But I think one thing to take into consideration. So I, I was a little more excited for Mando. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm so excited for the Clone Wars. But one thing that's interesting for this in particular is, like you guys said, like there's there's going to be some real attention to detail here because – this is for Star Wars fans, man. Like, this is not for new viewers. I mean, it could be, uh, but this this is something that's come back. What is it, like eight, seven, eight years later, whatever it is. So, like, they're they're starting at season seven. This is for people who've been involved in this series for quite some time, looking forward to it. So it's it's for them. It's for us, you know, which puts a really interesting spin on it. And yeah, I mean, they've long said that it's. it's- you know the the passion of the fans that brought this back so it makes all kinds of sense that they would kind of tailor this i mean i guess they've had the, the story's planned so i mean they'll they'll they'll, they'll make nice with fans and say yeah, these are these are for you and i guess to an extent they're they're correct but yeah they're I mean, probably I, condensing a much larger story that they had planned though possibly yeah yeah i mean to, just to uh, draft in on what you guys behind you guys like i was more excited for the launch of the service and for the mando as well but I think like once we hear that Clone Wars fanfare and we get that little proverb at the beginning and we hear Tom Kane's narration, like that really pulpy, cheesy narration at the beginning, I think we're all going to have like these giant ear to ear grins. I think we're going to be so happy to get, to get this back, even if it's for just, you know, two and a half, three months, whatever it is. I think we're going to be super thrilled. But I, I'm also I'm, I'm a little bit afraid. I don't know how many people actually watched uh, the Bad Batch arc, when it was like in animatic format, well, I say that they obviously tinkered with that story too. I don't know. I I don't know if they did. I don't know if they just polished what they had already done. No, I think they're going to tailor it around this. What they had to do with in one season. Well, I hope. I hope you're right. I hope they've taken that story and sort of expanded it and changed it up from what's you know from those original. Uh, that trailer looks so cool, though, when you see them. That little mini trailer with the the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- those guys are going to be so cool. And one thing we haven't really heard anything about is uh, Toys Wars merch. Yeah. Toys. <laughs> Glorious toys. I mean, people are going to – I'm going to be begging for Bad Batch figures in any scale. Back off, Kyle. <laughs> you act like there's going to be, like, one available. Whoa. Which, you know what? Given given the uh, distribution issues of Hasbro, especially in our neck of the woods, it may come down to one <laughs> one figure in our neck of the woods. Oh, I thought I, was gonna, I thought you were gonna say one of us. Well, then it would be me. 
I will, I will cut you. I don't think you will. <laughs> I don't think you will. We'll see. Now I got my EB Games membership. I got my ins there. I'm all set. I'm all good to go. Yeah, dude, that that card pays for itself. Yeah, for sure it does. It almost after one purchase, it almost paid for itself. Yep. Got my left foot in. I got my left foot out. <laughs> Um, speaking of toys, anything new to anybody's collection? Corey, did you pick up anything this week? No, I didn't have a chance, but I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I did hit up that tumbling Tabor, uh, saber tea sale on T public. Yeah, that's right. That. You did. Nice work. Oh, yeah. Yes. I got one little, they do sell kid sizes. So <laughs> your nephew's going to have one <laughs> just like he asked for. And, uh, nice. Yeah. I got the gonks gone wild. Yeah, to do it. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, you did do that. My God, the one sale of Gonk's Gone Wild. It's gonna sell like hotcakes now. It's, you got to get out there. It's got to get a little exposure. It's been around for like three years. That's something like bah. that. <laughs> it's just flown under the radar for now. It's one of those things. It's, it's waiting to hit its, it's curve. A sleeper hit. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, 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 exactly. it's coming around. It's, it's cult gonna, classic. It's gonna go viral soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cult classic. That was a beautiful thing, though. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Although we did we did act pretty quickly on the. Uh, just grow up part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that got up on the store pretty quick. But that was my awesome. God, man. I literally, I think this week, oof, I mean, I just, I couldn't really say like I'm spending like 200 bucks on t-shirts this week. It just wasn't happening. But Christ, I was on that site for probably at least a combined total of two hours this week at separate tar- times. There are some really cool shirts on that site. It's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. People make the greatest designs like uh, oh yeah there's so much creativity and uh, just cool stuff man i was like oh my god i want that i want that i want that yeah no doubt no doubt um yeah nothing new for me either carlos i assume nothing for you nope nope (laughs) shut out across the board although um gotta keep your eyes open if you're into vintage collection or six inch black series there is stuff on the way stuff starting to show up on the pegs uh for both series that's that's coming a uh, new vintage collection i've seen pictures of, out there more in the u.s than in canada but the the mandalorian cara dune uh, clone trooper stormtrooper from mandalorian that wave is starting to hit the pegs uh the mandalorian troop transport from the vintage collection that is starting to show up that's a cool looking toy too leaks lego leaks are happening there's a lot of stuff happening. Did I see correctly that there's a Night Buzzard, the Knights of Ren ship in Lego format? Coming? Yeah, That's I saw correct. that. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah, pretty yeah. rad looking ship. Yeah, there's some rumors that it, uh, it, it'll it be at like um, a $90 price point, I think, in Canada. So we're talking a decent, uh, decent size, but, uh, you know, some people are not happy. They want a bigger, a bigger ship. But it looks pretty cool, man. Well, it looks really be cool. What, between six and seven hundred pieces, at least. Probably, yeah, maybe, think. probably five, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Legos getting really expensive, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> especially the Star Wars uh, licensing. Uh, well, but we're also you... probably getting an AT-AT, like for the 40th anniversary of Empire. Uh, One sixty US, so maybe two hundred Canadian. Big bad boy. Yikes. Yeah, kind of expensive. Although that um, one, that's the type of Lego that 
I, I do have an, an AT-AT from the 1995 series. It's not a Lego. It's 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 the regular uh, Kenner thing. Sure. And it's just a target to get knocked over. And oh, so yeah. If you didn't put that Lego AT-AT somewhere on high, untouchable for kids, I, that thing would just flop over like, like it was on the Battle of Hoth and explode into a thousand pieces. Pretty much. Oh. Ugh. Well, they've made they've made a couple, and uh, I was really close to getting the um, the heavy assault walker from the Last Jedi, um, and I almost I almost nabbed it at uh, uh, on uh, on clearance, but uh, you know, just I let it go like most of them, and that's not true. I have a thousand Lego sets. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, but um, that's the only one from the Last Jedi, by the way, run that I didn't get the ATM six. That's the only one <laughs> that I didn't get. Uh, so I was really close to getting it. And um, but I'm looking at this. Uh, I mean, if if the bit, I'm the good thing about Lego is that the building techniques just keep getting better and better. And um, the core of these builds are technic and they're strong. So uh, it's I'm not saying I'm going to get it. Um, but uh, apart from the slave one, I think that's uh, that's pretty high on my list because I'm not going to get the the Republic gunship, uh, the UCS set. That's not um, that's not something for me. But the AT AT is is really cool. Yeah, that that would be, yeah. It's, I hope it comes with like a bunch of snowtroopers. Yeah, if it's a playset, it definitely needs to have like seven Ion cannons. Seven. No, just uh, like six or seven minifigs. If they're smart, they should do like a uh, like a bust size ion cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Just a ball, just a plain white ball with a little gray stick coming out of it. (laughs) What do you guys think? Like we talked about, like the 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 stormtrooper bust and the Boba Fett bust, but there's also uh, like in the line of of the. BB-8 and um, and the Porg, they're going to build a, a buildable um, a deal. Like, uh, where, what's your interest level on the deal buildable yeah. figure type of thing? Zero. Not very really? high. I mean, yeah. no? middling. I mean, it depends on the price point again, but I mean, yeah. Nah. But it, it depends... I don't know how the kids kids seem to like him. The oh, I lo- love I mean I love I love that. I love that character, man. That's like I already have the BBA to have the porg. That's JJ's like, voice, eh? Yeah, JJ JJ voices Dio and um apparently it might be as far as price per piece, it's not as not as good as the as the Yoda or the uh, or the porg was, but um it's not that big. So it's probably going to be around $80, $90. I wonder if it's made to be in scale with the BB-8. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and, then it uh, wouldn't be very big at all. Yeah, but uh, oh man, I, I actually, that's, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what, what that actually looks like once they start, uh, once the images start being leaked. But apparently that's April. So we should find out soon enough. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then if you are into the, Six inch black series stuff. 
there is a wave, a wave coming very soon. It's going to have a repack of the Yavin Ceremony Luke. Uh, it will have Count Dooku, <gasps> Commander Bly, a <gasps> Knight of Ren, <gasps> a Sith Jet Trooper, oh. and, and Zori Bliss. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh... <laughs> That's that's a that's a four to six. I mean, oh, I, I have interest in yeah. four or five out of six of, of those figures. Yo, back off, Kyle. I told you. No, I will fight you. <laughs> Absolutely. Ab- you know what? I'm gonna just buy them all, and then whichever one you can't get, I'm just gonna dangle in front of you. Can't wait till the next system is special. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> More lethal defense measures coming this year. <laughs> Not if you keep spending that money. No, no, don't worry. I'll get you. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> uh, so you guys uh, you want to talk about casting Andor for a few minutes? Who? Sure. <laughs> Who? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Rick. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, so it's going to start shooting this year, the spinoff show. Um, Diego Luna was talking to Entertainment Tonight, and he said... Yes, we are doing it. We are doing it this year. It's happening, and I'm getting ready for it. I don't know what that means. I don't know how you get ready to portray <laughs> uh, Cassian Andor. What's special? Getting... What do you, do you have to drop getting... a bit of a bunch of weights? What do you have to do? Well, he's getting ready to DH himself. <laughs> he's going to put a bunch of roll-on makeup and, and take out those wrinkles? I don't know. Dive in like, ice water every day or something. That is something that does concern me, though. As the guy, you know, he were he's four years, five years past shooting Rogue One, and now these they're going to shoot him again, the same character, but now it's going to be five years younger or so <laughs> than the character was when we first saw him. That the, the I mean, I, de-aging technology is great. I, I guess I shouldn't be that concerned because it's really convincing. I don't know, Carlos, how are you feeling about this show? You, are you excited to find out more about the the how it happened of it all? No, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely all in for for that show. That's something that, um, uh, as far as like curiosity, it, it, it was higher than the Mandalorian for me. So, um, what? Yeah, and uh, I really uh, I, I'm still there. I, I mean, I still. Um, I look back at Rogue One and uh, uh, the shine hasn't worn off uh, for that show for me. It's still it's at, it's at the top of my list. It's a movie, Carlos. <sighs> yeah, it's at, and it's at the top of my movie list. And um, so this show is like, yeah, I want I want to see what what he had to go through and what made him think that just murdering some guy just so that he can get away like. <laughs> Mercy murder. Yeah. Just uh, want to see what, what, what leads him to believe that that's okay, you know? Yeah. Sure, it wasn't easy. He's been in there in, the, in that war quite some time. Maybe he wears a mask, Kyle. Maybe at one point he's, you know, just being a fulcrum or whatever it is. Like, he needs to keep his face a little hidden. Although, if they uh, tell us that he was running Spice, I'm out. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, not everybody can be a spice runner in this galaxy. You know, speaking about that, he's not known for being a pilot. So, oh god, yeah, yeah, he's not. A, he's not a smuggler. He's not. Uh, he's not a bounty hunter. He's not a pilot. Although he can fly a ship. 
He might have to be. Oh, God. Carlos. He, he's going to be lethal, man. He's going to be. It's the, it's the mercy murder part of him that, like, we're going to need you on this one, Cassian. It's only a mission for you. <laughs> like, only you're evil enough, but good enough. I was going to take a side tangent into the Poe Dameron book, but I decided I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Let's not. Let's not. Oh, man. So, yeah. I, I, I'm, Corey, what about you? Before I spout my own opinion. Uh, well, I mean, I'm definitely excited about that. Like, he seems to know something. I, again, this, this article is classic newsjacking, which I love, especially when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, but if it shoots this year, I guess what? That means it's going to air maybe late 2021. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would think so. I mean, I guess they can air it whenever they choose once they've put it in the can. What's interesting, I mean, maybe he's lying again. I mean, these guys, that's that's probably the easiest answer to say when you sign these NDAs. But just he basically doesn't know anything about the script or whatever. No, I would think, you know – the gravitas that Star Wars has would kind of attract any actor who's already been a part of that universe. Maybe, you know, saying, I want to work with you guys again. And just that enough, that alone is just enough to say like, okay, like, uh, well, I, don't know. I think this. Oscar Isaac might disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Or, and John Boyega, like all the sequel trilogy guys, it sounds like they just are like, yeah, we're done. See ya. Well, either way, like in this case, like I maybe again he's lying, but you would have to think that if they uh, when they talk to him and say, Hey, we're doing this, we would like to do this series with your character, like, are you on board? Here's kind of the bones of it all at least, no? Before you sign anything, are you just gonna blindly blindly like just engage in this contract without knowing what the, the script's about at all? No, I'm sure he knows. I'm sure he's read the scripts. They wouldn't like Ewan McGregor, he he knows. He knows what's what, what's in the Obi Wan scripts. I'm I'm sure that's part Mama of knows. it. Let's you know I I, I let, let let me see what these scripts are like. What are these stories like before I sign on to this? So I'm sure I'm sure they have a pretty good idea of where the story's going. Yeah, I would like I would like to think that, but yeah. Like for me, this this show. I mean, it's still. Whenever you say new Star Wars, my ears perk up, and I'm like, "Yep, let's do it." But then you know when I when I sit back and think about. You know, what it, what it actually is, and start to kind of place it or give it a score on on on. I guess by default it goes to like an eight <laughs> in terms of excitement, and then ten on ten is like uh, like a Rise of Skywalker type thing. And then yeah, this one I don't know. This one is is just at an eight. It's a plain old eight. Like it's it's the bottom of the list in terms of of officially confirmed projects. I just, I just need to know more. Like, I know they told us sort of like spy thriller, which yeah, that's, I think that's one thing that you kind of said too, is that like, it's going to be a bit different. No. Kind of. But it was, if you call it a spy thriller and you make it a spy thriller, I will no doubt eat it up and just love the hell out of it. But did you uh, feel the same way pre a uh, pre Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah. This show has yeah. always been at the bottom for me. Like, I just, okay. I don't know. I don't, I, I can't wait. I, I want to know the point of this show. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's going to be one. Yeah, there has Otherwise, to be one because that's that's the important part because even he says it in this article is that we know where this story's going. Like we know where it ends. So hopefully this chunk of it has something important to say. 
or do yeah, we know where it ends so maybe they build up something that makes that end more tragic you know like i don't know i'd like for it to be a little more than just tragedy you know or i think well, they're I mean, if they're calling a spy for, for thriller, to be a mission it's going to be him on the inside of the empire from the sounds of it or spy, like, you know, spying on the empire spying on somebody maybe it doesn't have to be the empire what if he's like clint barton and he has a family that we don't know about yeah i mean when he talks about being a part of the fight since he was six years old is that him fighting with alongside his parents and we've heard rumors that they will flash back to that six-year-old cassian andor so that would that would take us back into the clone wars so that's kind of interesting. Same thing as the Mando too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if they shoot it this year, you know, maybe this summer, this fall, it would be ready. You know, perhaps as easy or as early as as spring twenty twenty one. And then, if you look ahead to you know to Disney Plus, we have Clone Wars starting this week, and then Mandalorian season two in the fall, and then we could get Andor next spring. <laughs> followed by Kenobi in the fall of 2021. You know, and then and then the potential of animated series or two thrown into the mix. Oh, yeah, Rebels confirmed. Ooh, ooh. Then 2022 we got a movie. So I mean there's plenty of stuff coming, but they certainly ha- are going to be living off of of Disney Plus for the next couple of years. And that's that's what they've told us for quite a while now, and it seems like they're living up to that. And it sort of plays into the next news item. Um where Jeremy from Star Wars Unity, so back in September of 2019, he reported that uh, a criminal underworld spinoff show was in the planning stages. And now he's adding to that report saying that they're trying to get Lando to be a part of that show. And that eventually Lando will get his own Disney Plus show as well. And there's no information or released. Obviously, this is completely, it's a report, it's a rumor. If it is official, it's still a long way off. But Corey, how do you feel about more Lando? Well, honestly, like this is it's all speculation, right? And basically what Jeremy's really saying in the long run is it would make sense if they're planning what Bob Iger had said is to, you know, spin off from the Mandalorian. Characters from the Mandalorian can spin off or other franchises can spin off. And again, like you'd said, like and Jeremy's on the same page if anyone if they were going to do any kind of series that spun out of Solo, I would much rather be with the crime syndicates. Now, if they did get Lando involved in an episode or two, yeah, that's all fine and dandy. But, I mean, having Donald Glover back on board would, to me, like, that would be great, man. Like, he he's a gem. He's a great Lando. I would love to see more Lando stories in between all the, the chaos. You know, granted, again, I would like to see more Han Solo and Chewie. Or whatever, you know, even Kira, see what's going on with her, the whole mall thing. That that's a little more interesting, a lot more interesting to me. But I mean, again, Donald Glover just knocked it out of the park. I would love to see that. And again, it, it kind of keeps when we're talking about all these shows that we just mentioned, uh, all the stuff that's in in the works in the hopper. Like going forward, you know, we're going to be expanding the timeline and the horizons on the big screen, most likely in different ways it's going to be new and different star wars well we, we're going to have this i don't know this presence this like waiting pool of ot 
uh, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy stuff, like era stuff that we can keep that keeps a certain amount of fandom comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do know what you mean. Um, like I, I feel this time I I need to qualify my answer because, like I said, I'm like while I'm always excited for more Star Wars, regardless of what you say, like yeah, sure, I'm I'm definitely in. Like I'm I'm getting a little bit worn out on the idea of spinoff shows. You know, like last week we spoke about the potential of of Mando spinoff shows, and all the pies, oh, all the yeah, all the fingers and all the pies, like. <laughs> And and you know this week we're adding another log to that fire and I, I don't know man like it's 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 making me rethink my position on the Mando spinoff shows like we talked about last week like, yeah that that I'm not too keen on like well, again when you say to not up. too keen on it it's not like you're gonna be like well I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it like oh you're you'll right watch it opening night for sure I'll be more I'll be um, my 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 attention is raised a little more in the sense that I'm, I'm suspect to doubt a bit you know. Yeah, it's just, it feels unoriginal. Like, they've got this successful thing now called The Mandalorian. And now it's like, ooh, now, now how can we find ways to squeeze more out of it? And I know yeah. that's a thing that Star Wars has been doing for decades. Right? Like, there's been spinoffs and, and telling side stories of this character and that character and, and giving character names to nobody characters. I get it. It just, it almost feels like almost like a lack of vision or a lack of ambition to do something new. And yeah. so the best that they can do is just tell a side story about a character that we already know. Oh, dude, like I, I'd love to see the Lando story in the sense that, you know, uh, tell a tale of Lando kind of playing everybody, every episode, things can come back around certain storylines and arcs and characters and whatnot. Like maybe he does run into the, uh, you know, the crime syndicate, like Maul's crime syndicate at one point. But he always kind of comes away on top because he's, let's say he's like thinking like three, four steps ahead of the game usually, you know, or cheating. Just knowing what's going on. And if you make his show kind of about him making his empire more or less or making this small fortune again by grifting people and not necessarily playing cards and gambling. It sounds fun. I get it for sure, but it just it it strikes me as unoriginal. Like, where's the ah, no way? I want the big ambitious story. Like, I want the the big deal to like yeah, end the show with him buying Cloud City. You know, I don't. Yeah, great, fine. It's you know it would be, be like yay. We now we know that piece of the story, but I I want the the next big deal. You know what I mean? Like, I want the next and on TV or you you can't wait for. On you can't wait for the big screen for that, you know. Like, well, look, we're getting Cassian Andor. If you if you told me we're getting Cassian Orlando, I'd probably go with Lando to be honest. I would prefer that if they said, and it, this is a possibility. We've we've talked about the possibility of the of an animated version, but if they said we're doing a live action Doctor Afra, that goes oh hell yeah, that goes way above way above and beyond. Yeah, leveling up archaeology and space we've spent time with lando we've spent time with with cassian not that much with cassian to be fair but like i just want something new i want to explore something completely uh, original now we'll have to wait till next week to see what project luminous has to offer and then wait for any news about the 2022 films like but that's the thing i'm waiting for i want to see like the the grand vision for star wars like it just feels like this you you pull up to the star wars buffet and you're waiting for this big, huge meal, and it's going to be the best meal ever. 
and they just keep putting appetizer after appetizer in front of you. And they're good, but you're like, okay, where's where's my main dish? <laughs> Where is it? What are you thinking, uh, Carlos? Where are you at um, with, with uh, all these spin-off shows and Lando? Wait, you got the you got the Mando. You're full. Come on. <laughs> no, well, the thing the thing about the Lando series is like if you if you're telling me, um, yeah, okay, we're gonna do like a Lando spinoff and like pre solo, I I would have said no, but because there's that opportunity to have Donald Glover attached to it, like that guy's magnetic, man. Like I I want to see uh, what what like it opened up my imagination for the character of Lando. And um, I, I would, I, I definitely want to see a make Solo two happen. You know, like I would, I would love to see Solo two. But uh, seeing as how the story is that uh, Lando and 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 Han don't see each other in, until Bespin, uh, we're not going to get Donald Glover in a Solo two uh, or. I mean, most likely not. So, um, seeing Lando having to like, you know, deal with losing the Falcon and and trying to get his stuff together, and maybe he has a relationship with the crime syndicates, and the the backstory you could call it a Lando spinoff, but if it has to do with like Crimson Dawn and Kira, then yeah, man. <laughs> like give it to me I'm, I'm okay with that like if, if you're gonna go on that route that's fine if it's like the trials and tribulations of like oh i need to find the new a new droid to bang like no i don't want to know it like that's <laughs> like i don't care like, that, that, that that doesn't interest me at all uh but there's a lot of backstory that can happen uh with crimson dawn that uh invariably has nothing to do with maybe solo two where he probably moves on uh, han moves on to to working for jabba and 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 that type of stuff which is which is something that's always been interesting um but like i said last week i, I don't need necessarily to have like um you know um spin-off after spin-off after spin-off like like what they do with happy days you know <laughs> Exactly. You know, I, I I don't need that from the Mandalorian. Like I was like, yeah, I guess you could make it awesome, but like, give me something different. And that's I think you've come around to that that point, Kyle. Like you're you're like, yeah, give me something different. Uh, but at this point, I think what they're really gonna go different, and they I I can pretty much guarantee that they're definitely gonna go down that road. It's gonna be on the big screen. It's gonna be 2022. Like so mm-hmm. yeah, we with, have to, I mean, we just have to wait for that yeah and i, so I, I, I think do the, realize that i think the familiarity um with these like spinoffs or like stuff that's close to the era that we already know uh they're, they're gonna keep pumping that stuff out for disney plus just to try to keep the subscribers and uh, i made a prediction a while ago about netflix and yeah, Netflix has a lot of subscribers, and they keep boosting up their their uh, subscription fee. But they're ten billion dollars in debt, so that's not good. That's not good. And uh, Disney 
a lot of the stuff that that's on the the streaming service now already belongs to them so it's it's just uh, i think th- i mean they're they're definitely don't have as many subscribers as netflix but i think it's all in the it's all in the black for them yeah uh, i mean so, they didn't the analysts didn't expect the disney plus service to turn a profit until like 2024 or something like that but disney's not worried about that because once it no. does it's going it's just going to start just chewing up everything and i think yeah. that, that i think that 2024 if that i i may have been i may be off but i think it's it's doing better as a service than i think they had planned so that not that i don't i don't think they'll have to wait that long but you know i would if if they said if they got really aggressive with the lando show and said you know what this is not going to be set in the uh the, the solo ish area era we're put, putting this after Return of the Jedi. Now you got my attention on a Lando show. Big time. Now I'm Well, now they, they I'm opened that door. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you know you know that you know that he's with Luke for mm-hmm. a bit of that time and that's like super interesting. That's so interesting to me. If they, if they wanted to tell that story and even go, "Oh, how do, how do you handle Luke then in that case?" Don't care. I yeah, I would be, recast, yeah, recast. Like whatever you wanted to do. I don't care. I just would love them to say we're going to tackle this relatively unexplored era because not because it's easy, but because it is hard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not because it's easy, but because it's hard. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> I would love, I it would, it would at least show some ambition to, to tackle uh, so, some fresh new ground. I'm not, not, I don't hesitate to call it fresh new ground, but you know, definitely, pressing questions there that we'd love to have answered yeah even even in uh, uh was it shadows of the empire i mean you don't really get that story too much even though it plays in that timeline quite some quite a bit you don't get lando's role in it and, in the- and there's 30 years there mm-hmm. like everything they're jamming in right now is in that what well, kind of not mandalorian mandalorian is in that timeline but like if uh, it'd be a really gonna... poignant. It wouldn't be a series. It'd be a really poignant miniseries. What if it's like a that... sitcom? Uh, when, when Lando met Mando. Oh. Schlemiel, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Schlemazel, with baby, yeah, baby Yoda, and uh, Lando and Mando, all living in a place together. Uh, that place is gonna be a mess. Yeah, it'd be a mess. Well, Chewie, Lando's got the shower's clogged again. Anyway, like I'm sure there's going to be some fun, interesting stories with Lando at some point, wherever they set it, whether it's the Solo era or if they got ambitious and went Return of the Jedi era, like post Return of the Jedi. It'll be fun. Like if they if they land Donald Glover, like you said, Carlos, he's so magnetic and he commands the screen, and I'd I'd totally be down for it. I don't know. I th- that's the thing is like. I'm down for Donald Glover. Everything pre-Empire, but once you get to that Empire, yeah, there's that boundary, right? It feels like yeah. it should be, it should belong to Billy D. Williams. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm sorry, that's just uh, that kind of makes my, sense too. I see where you're coming from. Look, I mean, there is also that, get the rights. Like, if you read a story like that, you got to have Leia in it at one point. You know, saying goodbye to him, wishing him good luck going to Jabba's palace or whatever, whatever it is, bring Han back. 
So, and, and that, but then, I just then, don't think then it's you're happen. steering away for something from something because you're afraid. I don't want them to steer away from something because they're afraid of. How are we going to do it? You're Disney. You're Lucasfilm. Figure it out. I'm sure. I'm sure. Whatever. I'm really curious about that story, though. Like Lando had to do some serious stuff, probably, to get into that palace. And also, like, prove it, Lando. I mean, I know this. This is a small little bump in the road, but when they brought Lando into Star Wars Rebels, it was full on Billy D. Williams. I mean, it was his voice, absolutely, but it was also him. Like it was his character. It was his. It was Billy D. Williams turned into like Rebels form. So yeah, there's that tiny little pebble in the shoe of having everything be like smooth that way. Like that, that's by all rights. They nailed been... his character in that too, man. Like even, even For at sure. the end of the episode, you know, like when he's like, what is it? Like he, they when steal he a shield generator. Yeah. But he realizes it. He, he knew all along when the robot tells him or his droid tells him. And anyhow, he's, he basically, he gets his revenge in the long run. Anyway, we'll see where that goes. If it, I mean, like I said, it's still a rumor. Maybe celebration is the first we hear of any of that, but we'll see. Um, let's let's plow ahead here. Let's jump into our final, I guess, arc breakdown from the Clone Wars as we prep for season six or season seven, right around the corner. Um, so this, I'm up this week, and I don't know if this arc really has a name. But it's anyway, it's it's season five, episodes 14, 15, 16. It's all about Darth Maul and him exacting revenge and taking over uh, Death Watch and Mandalore. This is one of the greatest arcs. This is the, like when, when I went through a lot of like a bunch of years without really touching back on the Clone Wars or even really thinking about it much. Like when I did think about it, it oftentimes it was this arc that popped into my head. I love this arc to death. Yeah, a lot goes on there, man. There's a lot of they open a lot of doors and windows, man. Oh yeah, it was really well done. Like just uh, there, there were no lulls in the storytelling. Uh, there were no uh, gaps uh, into uh, character development. I mean, it was really, really well done. Well, that's like I just want to pick up on what Carlos said there, the, the speed of plot thing, in the sense that this thing was cooking, man. Like much like the Rise of Skywalker, like yeah. it doesn't really stop to breathe. But it does it in a way that it's not unnatural. And even if there are things that like plot errors, they kind of fly over your head almost that if everything is happening so quickly, you know? Well, they, they do. We'll get to it. But they just kind of do the things that Star Wars always does in order to move the story along. Yeah. But like th- this arc, like there's so much buildup for it. Like going back as far back as like season two with some of the early Mandalore stuff and, and – uh, then into season three with uh, Savage Press becoming Dooku's apprentice, uh, and then he, he's he's eventually like discarded. The Night Sisters come in, they scoop him up, they tell him about Maul, they find Maul, fix up his legs, you know, all that stuff. Into season five with Maul hatching his plan uh, for revenge on Kenobi, which which goes badly, and kind of that's where we we pick up with them here. But there's and, I'll, and when we get to the end, I'll, I'll I have a list of like all these episodes if if you wanted to watch them. But yeah, we pick them up in this arc. It's it's Maul and Oppressed basically floating through space in much not much more than like like a glorified escape pod type thing. 
And they're they're on the it looked like a deck. transport vessel to me. That's a very small one. Like a really small little tiny little vessel. It had like a cockpit and a storage area, and that that's really about it. Like they're on the brink yeah. of death, they're frozen solid, and that's where like they're drift found. in space. Yeah, I love that. This breathing, I love that. Because you've seen that before in other sci-fi kind of things, you know, where people are at the end, you know, and they're like maybe like thinking back and having that like they're almost dead and they're like having like flashbacks and like the the air is cold and the like they were frosty yeah yeah <laughs> they, they had I ice it. on their skin like, that's what i love were, with the, the detail man in the show these guys were like on the brink of death again and anyway they get they, they're found by by death watch previsla bo-katan all those people um and then, like you know, get right into the exposition right away. Like, oh, we're not friends of the Jedi. And then, you know, that's a nice tie-in to to the armor armorer's lore in the Mando. Like, it all kind of touches back, and that's one of the cool things about how these shows now talk to each other, especially given you know John Favreau's role in in both. It's really cool stuff. We see a lot of faces, though. A lot of helmets coming off. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they weren't is, doing it the real way. Yeah, this is not the way, if you ask uh, Din Djarin. <laughs> so, and that's, that's a question we've been asking ourselves. Like, why do these people take their helmets off, yet they don't? So we're still kind of waiting to see if that gets explored. But anyway, so in this, they they hatch this plan. Well, I just want, I want to say something, like, just touching back quickly. Like, I think one thing that's important to uh, mention here about Maul's character is that uh, at this point, you know, uh, after they recover and he- they heal them, you know, they heal his brother's arm. Uh, they heal his legs. Like his legs prior to this were still is, uh, I don't know, version 1.0, you know, where oh, they no, were he, kind of a bit. He, he'd got his, his night sister legs. They were just banged up. He, he got a tune. The, the Mandos here gave him a tune up. Yeah, there, was, oh, what, what, there was something about it where like basically like I had read something where it was like. And it made sense, you know, like at this point, like he's running on all cylinders. Like it's like he's fully repaired. Like his legs are normal again. Like you see him like Maul at his best in this. Like like he says straight right away, like when they find him like this and the opportunity that presents itself to him, it's like the wills of the force. To him, like this is going according to plan. It's the wills of the force. Like you guys pick me up. This is too convenient. Like, especially, you know, like you said, you know, Kenobi, we get all that, the exposition out of the way right away. It's like, let's do this. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool. Cause they like, we rope in the huts and black sun and, and the pikes, like all these cool syndicates and crime organizations that we knew a little bit of, but not, not a huge extent. And just to see them all kind of pulled together here with the goal. That of, was awesome. Even yeah, the like, black sun thing is like a call back to shadows of the empire. Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, and then so that, that was nice. And they're all trying to take out that pesky pacifist on Mandalore, right? Like Duchess Satine, they just can't stand her. And they, they yeah, want to like Mandalore's really changed his ways, man. Like, like that was a big surprise to me. Like when you're like we know about it prior in the whole series, but when you're watching the series and you find out that Mandalore's this pacifist system, and and they're all like I don't know, just very pl- not plain, obviously, but uh, I don't know, proper. It was very like, whoa, that's not the Mandalore I was always thought was coming or what I've heard about. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're expecting to think that they're all warriors all the time. 
Anyway, so like Maul, Maul thinks, oh yeah, I've got this great plan. We're gonna knock over Mandalore. We'll take over. I'll have I'll have my own little army to command, and he he gets to be sort of a third player in this galactic war, right? And you you assume that he, his goal is to like knock off Sidious as well and take down the Jedi, and like he Maul is aiming high. Yeah, he, his plans like you see right away, man. Everything gains traction really quickly, and like the powers of persuasion or whatever it is, like he just he kind of takes control very, very quickly in this one. And like you said, like creating the shadow collective of uh, the crime syndicates, you know, like it it kind of his thing is we use them to remain undetected in a way, you know, like we fly under the radar in that sense of the republic. So he, he, he's got it all well thought out here, man. And yeah, it's the first time really where we see Maul and he's not just like this. Well, that's not the first time, but typically Maul to this point had been just like this straight ahead, one dimensional goon. And now he's now we're starting to learn that he's got he has aspirations. He's a bit of a strategist. Like well, his, That's what I mean, meant before by saying that like he's fully healed in the sense like his mind and body are really one now you know like he's really at his best running at peak efficiency almost yeah but yeah i had never pegged him as some sort of ambitious game master he was always just well, you know what i a violent I, I would, guy with a, light, as, with a double-sided saber that's all he ever wanted to do i, I think oh, that, no i can't really say it. well maul showed up earlier than that but sam whitworth's performance may have changed some of the writing eventually or inspired some of the writing you know what i mean like he absolutely knocks it out of the park and he's able to carry this thing and maybe they said okay like let, let's take this a little further because of that you know yeah maybe but like basically maul's plan in this is it's a miniaturized version of sheev's overall plan it's like the depth of opportunity eludes you <laughs> watch and learn but it's true though like he does he's he takes what uh, you know, in talking about does does Maul know about Order sixty six and, and Palpatine's plan? Even this arc sort of reinforces that, he, yeah, he does because he basically tries to copy paste Sheev's plan. Like he he starts a fight somewhere, you know, or he gets other people to start a fight for him, then waits for people to sort of surrender their their rights and their freedoms in exchange for safety, and then he kind of presents. Uh, his his answer to all the the problems that only exist because he created them, and he does it all from the shadows, just like Palpatine, which is really cool. Yeah, and like the 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 grand scheme of things is also to kind of go after these. I think it was like two thousand systems that remain neutral, right? And he would be like in control of those, which would kind of outnumber the Republic and the Separatists. And previous is like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll help you with those two thousand systems, sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does, he's not. He only cares about yeah. Mandalore. Well, that's the thing about this episode that's so interesting is that everybody's playing their own angle, right? Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see that from the beginning, and you know it's all going to come to a head. Yeah, like yeah, previous is like, yeah, okay, I'll play ball for now, but you know, these these guys are already going to come to blows at some point. Yeah, you see, like when when Maul tells him, like, watch and learn, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then basically, oh yeah, we got to meet we um, meet well not meet but catch up with Embo and Sugi 
in this episode, and I had completely and forgotten. Dengar. And yeah, and Diaperhead. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I was reading up on this before. You know who voiced Embo? Uh, wasn't it Filoni? Yeah. Not that it, not that Embo has much speaking. Every every time he does, man, that, like the things that Dave Filoni can do with his voice. <laughs> Obviously, it's whatever done by computer, but I love his voice, man. Uh, he he gets he gets beaten pretty bad there by uh, Savage in this episode. Yeah, well, give give Embo some credit for standing in there. Oh hell yeah, I love it. He's a pretty much uh, he's at the top of my list, man. He's up there with Cad Bane and the best of them. Yeah, Embo is really cool. I was really I, I had completely forgotten that him and Sugi were in this. Uh, I could really care less about Diaperhead Dengar. And there was the other one too, the one that kind of reminded me of Poison Ivy. She was in another arc with Boba Fett. With the, she had like the chains, those green chains, kind of. In this episode. Yeah, she took down a Mando at one point on that platform. Are you talking about Sugi? She has the spikes on her head. Like she's a, no. like is that not the Zabrak? No. No, she's another one. She had like I don't know, like like I said, like she reminded me of Poison Ivy. She was there. Alright. I guess I forgot. What are you gonna do? Uh yeah, so the next episode, Shades of Reason. And like this for me what? is the episode that moves real quick. Like we get breakdown of the plan for the crime gangs, like to launch a bunch of attacks. Um, and and then Death Watch arrests them, looking like heroes, and and making Satine's pacifism look stupid and weak and ineffective. Yeah, the old ways. Yeah, bring back the old ways. Get rid of this this uh, lazy pacifist ruler you've got. And I guess the, the the plan was really to kind of draw the Jedi's attention to Mandalore, right? At least for Maul, is to you know get Kenobi out of hiding. And this that's kind of the one leap that I was like, really. Like, you knew that this was going to bring Kenobi of all the Jedi out there. It was going to bring Kenobi into this. Okay. Yeah, well, it yeah, makes I sense when you get because... Satine involved. What's that, Carlos? The way yeah. you get... I, I was going to say that it actually makes sense, like, his plan, because um, because they're, they're neutral, the Republic can't send officially the Jedi uh, over. And because of the connection with Satine and Obi-Wan, like it's normal that he'd be the one to come. I think uh, th- that's actually well played by Maul. Yeah, they actually kind of explain it in the episode as well, where they're like, Obi-Wan, like, you got to kind of see this coming to the council chamber. Yeah, and they show him yeah, the message, you that, know? That's, that's what I mean. Like, just the, I, I get the why. I just thought it was, eh, okay, it's, it's, it's that Star Wars thing. Well, of course. Of course. So at this point, basically, it's like she's in jail, right? And who's it, Corky? Her nephew Corky. <laughs> no, Cor- Corky only shows up in episode three. Is it episode three? I think so. Yeah, he only. Sh- yeah, Corky and those other sympathizers. Yeah, you're right. At the beginning yeah, of he's not under arrest. They bust her out of jail. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, there's and another another classic Star Wars sort of speed of plot type thing the, the transition of power where like Satine's in and then just like that she's out <laughs> it's yeah. like and it's weird how i'm kind of surprised that the people embraced out Al, uh what's his name almec back because he comes back from a from a past uh, mm-hmm. arc yeah that was kind of bad and people are just like okay he's back i guess he's back okay cool <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah and you're out and that one's in you're the new prime minister with that wait 
Is that how this works? I guess so. Well, that's what that's that was all part of Maul's plan. Like he's like, we can't have someone in power that uh, is too independent. Like he said, Almec is the perfect PM because he's a puppet, <laughs> like most politicians. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we learned that uh, like Vizsla kind of tells Maul, "Oh yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to help you expand beyond to these two thousand neutral systems, like." I'm good now. And they make a big show of it by taking Maul prisoner. Which I can't remember. Like was Maul going, Maul was going along with that, right? At that point. Yes. But they were kind of like overdoing it. But I think at the same time, I think he told him right beforehand, like having like, you know, they had their plan in place. And once, once they kind of unveiled the, the people, the crime syndicate to the people, he kind of was just like, don't worry, like, I'm still going to kill Kenobi and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's when Almec comes in. Yeah, they get into, they get thrown into jail. They break out, like, right away. Right away. <laughs> He's like, let's go explore, Savage. He's just like, oh! Break, he just <laughs> breaks the breaks. jail. Out. Um, yeah, and then Almec clues him in, tells Maul, like, that, yeah, just pretty much, the, you know, uh, challenge pre Vizsla. In it, like in one on one, like he won't turn it down because he's honor bound and he's stubborn. And if you beat him, their Death Watch will be honor bound to follow you as the ruler. And so that's that's exactly what Maul does. They can they have this. It's still, a, it was still a killer fight though. Oh, it was such a good fight. Yeah, Maul was playing with him though. Uh, so so man. Nah, Maul, he was totally playing with him. He could have just oh, when he pulls out the black saber, it, it was tight, man. I think Maul could have. I think Maul's toying with them because he needed he needed the other Mandos to see the honor in the fight, and then therefore not question his leadership. Like if he just he could he could have showed up and snapped his neck with the Force. I like that. I like I like where you go. You know what? When you're right, you're right. <laughs> no, that's that's just Kyle's head cannon. I like it. I'm on board. Uh, yeah, I I kind of get where he's going to. It's cool. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It, it just seemed to me like. Hey Maul- hey hey hey. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just grow up, eh? Oh. <laughs> it was it was a cool fight though. It was it was oh, nice to see that, yeah. that, that Darksaber in action for once. Oh, I was kinda of disappointed. I was watching it actually like I watched it throughout the week and then just before the show, maybe starting at like four thirty or something like that, I threw it on. I'm sitting there on the couch and watching it with my girlfriend. Dark saber comes out and I look at her and I'm like, so she's like, like what? I'm like that saber, remember? She's like, what? I'm like, Mando. She was like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I had to see, you know, I had that that initial nudge first for there to be a connection. You're such a nerd. Oh come on. The Mando, the the dark saber man, it's it's important. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> Anyways, those those Mandalorians kind of they take a knee for the new new leader, but then um, Bo-Katan and a couple other loyalists, they're like, nope, and they they peace out of there, like they they bolt. Um, and then well, Almec, they, they they don't bolt they they well they bolt but they it's because they see the truth you know they want to embrace the old ways but this is not the honorable old way well no, they, said like the a, they don't want an outsider 
So they're they're basically xenophobes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. It's it, but it's a simple. Well, they, that. Like they, they, they don't want an they, outsider they to rule to rule Death Watch and Mandalore. Yeah, but they also see that Maul is playing them too. You know, so like she's not stupid. No, that's definitely not. But she, I mean, she does say something to the effect that uh, an outsider will never rule Mandalore. I think I think that's some something to the effect of what she says. Anyway, then then Almec frames Satine for pre Vizsla's murder. He takes over as prime minister, as you know, a puppet prime minister. He promises to bring back the warrior culture. Um. So yeah, that's 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 two episodes down, and uh, Maul's Maul set himself up pretty nicely. Like it's it's everything's coming up Maul by this point. And then moving into the uh, the finale, the Lawless. That's where Corky, uh, Corky and those other pacifists break out Satine so she can get clear of the city and send a message to the, to the Jedi Council. Well, he's working with Bo-Katan and those mm-hmm. other fellow Mandos that revolted, whatever. Yeah, and there's that cool chase, too, through this... Through this uh, what's the name of the city? Uh, Mandaloria? No, something <laughs> oh. city. Uh... Ah, I don't good. remember. It's, it's, it, they actually mention it in the episode. It'll come back. Yeah, to I me. know. Yeah, no. I, I, when when they said it, I'm like, oh, I pro- should probably remember that. And then <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's gone again. What are you gonna do? Um, yeah. So they. Well, yeah. So the council won't help, right? They. They kind of just say, "Oh, they're neutral. Really can't get involved," and it's. Like, to me, it was just like another another one of those signs that the the uh, the Jedi are almost political pawns themselves, and they don't actually what? do what Jedi are supposed to do. They, they they kind of cave in the sense that hey, Obi Wan, report to the Council Chambers, check this out. Like we're willing to kind of look this way. We won't be looking at you. You can do what you want. <laughs> No, like that stick in the mud, Kiati Mundi is just like, no way, man, we can't get involved. Like, dude, like they're neutral. And like to me, like that guy is completely forgotten. And then when you look at some of the other dumb things that have come out of his mouth in the prequels, I thought he he is sliding down my Jedi power rankings, way down. Like he's supposed, to, I think he's supposed to have two brains, and I'm not sure he's using either. No, one of them <laughs> looks like a cyst. <laughs> the other one doesn't maybe he uses the dumb brain more yeah it's a, it's it's a sundari that's the, racist the city on on mandalore yeah 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 uh, I, I like i like the fact that you know also uh when they rescue satine bo katan you find out that they're sisters and well you knew already but the fact that they kind of make up is nice I think that's important too. And it's like, why did you help me? And this is a very pertinent quote throughout this arc is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. I mean, talk about two sisters being like so far apart. Yeah. The pacifist and the warrior. But it was cool to see that uh, Kenobi flying around that piece of junk that Anakin flew in the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, he throw he flies in it more than the movie. It's in the well, series. It's yeah, no, it's I know, like the, I hadn't seen it pre- since. 
Was it Actually, like I wanted to Google that. To a B-Wing or? Ah, no, the B-Wing is a special beast. It yeah, kind of looks like a precursor to well, that. Yeah, it has that like. Yeah, it's got the wing. It's got the same orientation kind of as, as a B-Wing. But I wanted to see. I, I meant to Google that before the show. I wanted to see if that uh, ship had a name. He probably does. That's, uh, you know, I wonder if Marie knows her being like the trivia monster. I'll ask, I'll ask her next time I speak to her. Oh, it's called The Twilight. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, so much for that. I like it. <laughs> you can ask her just to see if she gets it right. Yeah. All right. I'll 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 do that. Well, you won't. Nah, no. Of course I won't. She can Google it too. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, and this is, a, you know, we get a scene here when Obi-Wan lands that ship. Uh, another retreading of a classic Star Wars scene where you kind of lure the guard up the ramp and then kick his ass and steal his suit. And that's what, and that's when you get Kenobi in that like red and gray Mando suit. Yeah, that's a awesome. good look on him. It yeah. is. It is a good like man. My kingdom for a black series said, of that. Though, the the Reiko Hardeen suit. Is that the Reiko Hardeen? Man. Yeah, that's the one. Is it? Yeah, man. Just minus the helmet. No, no, he had the helmet as Reiko when he showed up. Yeah. Oh no! Before he d- ditches. The the suit he arrives in is the Reiko Hardeen. Yeah, correct. They changes out of that and into the the Mandalorian. Yeah, but it's just cool that they kind of took that, you know, from the the box arc or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that means he kind of still has. Oh, actually, no, it burned up with the ship. God damn it! I was just about to say, I really hope we kind of maybe see that in his live action series. Taking kind of you know maybe use that on Tatooine sometimes if he needs to go to the market. I'm sure he could do something else in that regard but yeah it would have been cool to see that yeah it's too bad and and you you talk about how yeah they they lower him in and like he changes into the garb and then later on kind of a retread of um when he's talking with Bo-Katan kind of like what that scene that he has with Padme in Revenge of the Sith (laughs) I'm so sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so sorry. Exactly same thing. A lot, of of, stuff, uh, a lot of stuff gets ripped out of the uh the previous six movies and just repurposed in this in this arc. Which yeah. kind of makes sense in a way because I find this this arc is such is a big swath of Star Wars just condensed into sixty six minutes. Yeah, it goes by quick, man, which is but there's so much that happens. Well, I mean we kinda jumped over um I think we come jumped over a uh, a couple of minutes. Even when like Palpatine, like he's he's standing around on Coruscant and he's feeling something out of place, and you don't oh, yeah, see it. He in, knows it, it's kind of from Revenge of the Sith when he realizes that Vader's in danger. Like he yep. he feels something's amiss. All right, get my shuttle. We're go, we got to go off to Mandalore. Um, and then the next, I think the next scene is. Well, that, that awful moment for Kenobi where uh, his his atape, uh, escape attempt with Satine is, is thwarted and they're brought back to the palace. Maul executes Satine and it's just so cold. It's, yeah, it's, that's a brutal scene, man. And even, this, even the escape scene too, man. They come so close, like you said. And I guess when the twilight goes down, like that scene where they're holding on, you know, 
they land on the platform. It's like, oh, it's like all that we've built up to. It's like, are they escaping? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah, just like okay. after. after That's what Maul's been waiting for, man. Oh, yeah. That must have been more satisfying for him to kill her. He even says it straight up, man. He's like, I've waited so long or whatever, you know? And he's choking her that whole time. Like, dude, Obi-Wan is the man. You think Anakin would have held back if someone was choking Padme like that? You know what I mean? It was a losing endeavor. Anakin would have died probably if had he tried. Obi-Wan would have died, but Man, to to watch Obi Wan suffer like that—it's exactly what Maul wanted. And it's really hard to watch on screen because that choking goes on for a good like minute almost, and you're like, "Damn!" At a point, you kind of realize she's dead before she's dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that was a tough. That was a tough scene to watch. Like, it's a really emotional scene for an animated series. But I, I like the sort of the acting that's done by Kenobi, but none of it is there's like, he has no, no dialogue. He, and he's just so sad and guilt ridden. And like, there's a, a slump in his shoulders and like, he's, he just kind of shuffles in it with his feet. And it's, you know, he's, he's got his head bowed. Like he offers no resistance. Like there, there's, there's nothing. Like, he's just like shocked. And I, you know, the animators just did a great job of conveying that sense of, of like loss and mourning uh, with Kenobi. I love that. Yeah. He, uh, oof, he suffered one there and she even tells him straight up. I loved you. I always have. I always will. Did, did we know prior to that, that they were a thing? Yeah. Yeah. There was an arc where they, you tell he was sassy with her. Yeah. 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 They did have. And yeah, I think even a, in that arc too. Yeah, you're right. In that arc too, they even explained that they have, I think they have a, a past together even prior to that. Yeah, it's hinted at for sure. Yeah, and that opens up a whole ball of wax. Because he he said doesn't he he says to her at some point, maybe not in this arc, but he said oh, if you would if you'd asked me to leave, I would have or something like that. Was that in this? That wasn't in this arc, was it? No, no. That was in a no. previous arc where he he straight up says to her, "If you'd asked me to leave the Jedi, I would have done it." Which is crazy to hear from Obi Wan's face. Yeah, yeah. And oh, there's what the thing that happens next. Like once they, once Kenobi gets loose from from prison or imprisonment, like what I think maybe my favorite shot of the entire series, bar none, is when that big barn door opens in front of Kenobi, and it's just chaos on oh, the yeah. side. Yeah, it's a, that's a beautiful thing. It's a yeah. shot from behind Kenobi, and he's got a saber lit, and it's just pure armageddon with mandos fighting each other and like brimstone and flames and explosions everywhere i love that shot anyway so now uh sheev shows up which is man i'd been waiting for this for so long to see sheev in action and he takes on both maul and savage and man this arc gives you gives us like two of the best duels in all of star wars like period when we see like this one with with sidious versus savage and maul is just so good it's time with two lightsabers and just the the court it's kind of weird to say this but there's an actual choreography to the fight yeah and um 
like uh, probably one of the best in all of Star Wars. Could it be? Could I say that? Absolutely, you could uh, say that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was blown away by it. Like, um, especially like on the third, like second and third viewing, you, you kind of like. The, the, it's an actual dance, and it's and beautiful, tell, man. And you could tell, like Palpatine is like. It's as if it's like preordained almost. He's like in the he, lead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's um, uh, not 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 so much a mating dance ritual, but like there's just something to that, you know. And I just uh, love the way he talks to him, man. Like he's like, "Master, I've been ah, uh, like it's so good their conversation." Like Maul trying to lie to him, and he's like it's unfortunate for, of you to deceive me. And he like throws them both into that glass. Like, and it's like, you're not a Sith. Like you're just a rival. Like, yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah. He's like, there's only two and you're not one of them. Yeah. Like, Once you know, it, the situation is pretty serious. Like, I think it speaks to how close Maul actually was to success because like Sidious had to do this himself. He yeah, had to sweep exactly. Up the mess on his own. There was a major disturbance in the forest, like you said, Kyle. Like he didn't call like, Grievous to say, "Hey, go to Mandalore and take out these guys," or he he didn't call Dooku. Like he's like, "I gotta, I gotta do this because I can't. Yeah, I can't rely on anybody else. No loose ends here. I'm I'm gonna take care of this." Yeah, so true. And take, oh, like you said, Carlos, that fight, man, the the way it moves. Probably, well, definitely, hundred percent, the best sword play you ever get from Palps ever in Star Wars. Period. Yeah, it's. I guess it's just the freeing format of animation. You don't have to worry about. Oh what, yeah, you know, exactly. What, what, what does a sixty-year-old Ian McDermott exactly camera angles? To? Yeah, it's. Anyway, so, uh, what's this? Uh, a press is killed. And yeah, that's that was that was badass. Like even through the two blades behind his back, like yeah, the, 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 oh, so oh, good. Even just to get them down there, they 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 got him at one point, man. Like they're they're fighting, they're fighting, and then the brothers basically get him off the temple. You know, like he's off balance, he's off kilter, he's falling off, and he's just like, poof, like he pulls them both with them. You know. Yep. Yeah. Great stuff. And then, um, yeah, I guess even Maul hangs in there by himself with Palpatine until, until Palpatine gets the upper hand and then reduces it's pathetic. Like he reduces Maul to like begging. Oh yeah. It's sad. After that whole arc, man, to see Maul, you, you feel bad for him. And then, then especially he cooking Sam him with the force again. lightning. Yeah. Bastard. Like, oh, I love no, Sam. I, I, I don't feel bad for him at all. Like I do, man. Poor no guy. Way. He never chose oh, this either, man. man. Obi-Wan says it straight up to him at one point in this episode. Like, I know you didn't choose this. You know, I think Maul did choose this. This is all his plan. Well, this part of it, yes, but like joining Palpatine at the beginning, it's, it was all Mother Talzin and Palps, you know? Yeah, I mean, being recruited into the whole dark side thing to begin with was not Maul's choice. But again, that's that's a very Star Wars-ish theme of, you know, even though you've been groomed and programmed to... to act and do a certain thing you still could make a different choice and maul does get those opportunities to to do one thing or another and he always chooses power and revenge and violence 
You just don't get them, Kyle. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like Sidious tells Maul, like he's, I'm not going to kill you. I've got other uses for you. And that the show never picks up on that. But like, I, I know I say this a lot, but like after this arc, if if people are able to read Son of Dathomir, like that should be the next thing you do if, if you can get your hands on it, because that picks up where this leaves off in terms of where we find Maul locked up in prison and he's rescued by what Mandalorians. Is, is that hard to find right now or something? Yeah. Nice. Relatively. I got a copy. No, it's it. it yeah, absolutely. If you have it. Do you have it in trade paperback or the four single issues? Trade paperback. Yeah, give it give it a read. It picks up right where this leaves off. Um, so you talked about Maul's death. Like I I I didn't expect to think feel anything for either death, but like it was it was again like a little bit pathetic when when Savage says I'm not like you. I never was. Yeah, that that kind of hit. I feel like Maul was like, damn it. They had a good thing going. Like I, I don't feel bad for Maul at all, but I felt a little wince for for Oppressed because you always got the feeling that he was just being dragged along for the ride. For sure, he like I mean Clancy Brown, such a talent. Like he didn't, he, even though arguably this is his biggest Star Wars role, he didn't get a chance to spread his wings all that much. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely his biggest role for sure. Um, you know what's sweet? You know what's sweet about this? I found, I mean, I've said this before in the pod, but it was a while ago. I'm just so happy about that. Just these old Clone Wars figures, you know, like I saw Savage Press on at my comic book shop. And someone with the suit, you know, when he gets like really like 2.0. Mm-hmm. And anyway, like bought it for like $9.99 and like Googled it after. And I think it was like people are asking pretty serious money for this thing. Yeah, like a lot of those figures, and I'm, one of the things, like this arc, made me wanted to want, made me wanted to kind of do a back dive into that range of three, three and three quarters. Yeah, there's some good stuff, man. That line is like three hundred figures deep. It's crazy. Jesus. Like a lot, there's a lot of like repacks and battle packs, so there's multiple figures in a pack. But and you know, there's there's also a ton. I of used to be looking. I, I was looking through it for quite some time a couple of years ago, and. Yeah, they're 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 not cheap either. No, like I went to a toy con, a local toy con, last year in 2019, and I managed to pick up a couple of figures for 15 bucks each. So they can be had. Yeah, yeah I talked yeah. it down from like 20 or 25 each to like 15, and I got Enbo and Cad Bane. So I mean, did you know eh? Enbo's going on my list? Eh, I don't think he is. Let me take note. Now they're they're really cool figures. I lo- I love those bluish animated cards too. Anyway, yeah, they were good. I I would still. I don't think I don't know if they did. Kenobi in that red Mando armor. For the whole run, I don't know if they actually did that. But I mean, imagine that Kenobi in a in a black series version. Yeah, that'd be nice. Well, oh, they just did. The general Kenobi, I don't think they'll go back there, but even the general Kenobi one is pretty damn good. I suppose if you wanted to, you could cut do a custom where you take that head and just get like some kind of Boba Fett or Jango Fett figure and just repaint it. 
and then you'd have a yeah, you'd have a pretty convincing version. Anyway, you know what's you know what's interesting too, uh, just kind of like a bit of a rebels tie-in when you see that that red armor, kind of it seems like it's inspired by Maul. You know, like after Maul takes power, it seems like this armor comes to the fore, where it's painted a little red. No, we get to rebels at one point. You know, the remnants of Death Watch and stuff. You could see a lot of them are still wearing this red armor. Yeah, I mean that's. I guess it's it's a good number of years after. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Anyway, this is that's the end of the arc and it's if it's not my favorite arc, it's right near the top of the list, but I chose it primarily for how it relates to definitely season 7 of Clone Wars. Uh but also it kind of ties in 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 small ways to The Mandalorian the show. And so I, I can't wait to see how that kind of ties together closely with when season 2 comes out. But yeah, I I so much cool action, like it's also going to tie heavily into season seven from like the Mandalore perspective yeah, exactly, as well. Exactly, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, there was there was a overload of great action in these three episodes, and giving it, of course, with Sidious leading the way, that was so good. Um, but it's it's weird in that this arc doesn't really have any resolution to it, I mean, like in any way, like. Maul becomes prisoner, and we don't find out anything about that anymore. The situation on Mandalore, like, it's all left up in the air, and we don't revisit any of it until you go to, like, until you pick up in, in Rebels. So it's it's really odd in that respect. There's just no resolution to any of the story threads. No, there's for, not, well, but Satine. I think it's interesting. Oh, oh, hell yeah, it's so interesting. To them, it leaves a lot of, like, wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I kind of touched it on it at the start, but like you could really like treat yourself to a, a whole saga within a saga. Like I, I'm going to run down a list of episodes here. So get get a pause, get a pen and pencil. Because uh, if you wanted to just watch an arc of a Star Wars arc featuring Mandalore, like the revival of Maul, uh, the crime syndicates, and, and you don't even have to touch on any of the episodic films. And you don't even really have to touch on Solo until until the end. You know, like, there's there's so much cool stuff to cover. So, uh, I think, it is, and I, I don't know if this is the exhaustive complete list, but Season 2, Episodes 12 to 14. And then Season 3, Episodes 5 and 6. Episodes oh, 12 to 14? Let's get a little more info here. No, no. We're, we're, I'm, I'm, we're just, no. Just follow uh. up. I'm not going to give you breakdowns of everything. This is a long list. I'm not going to break it all down for you. Just trust me. I'm not going to start over, Corey. Thanks a lot. <laughs> season 2, episodes 12 to 14, followed by season 3, episodes 5 and 6. Then season 3, episodes 12 to 14. Corey, that is the Night Sisters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, season 4, episodes four, uh, episode 14. And then season 4, episodes 19 to 22 that's where they find Maul yeah and then season 5 episode 1 which is where he him and Savage get their arses kicked and left to die and then finally these episodes um, 14 through 16 from season 5 so that I mean that's a good amount of of viewing right there and then again you, you could pick up Son of Dathomir you could dive into Rebels and then watch the Mandalorian, 
and even solo for that little bit of crime syndicate stuff. And you haven't, you, touched, love you to- haven't touched any of the episodic movies and you get all that. I'd love to speak to an adult, uh, someone that was an adult at the time that this show came out and didn't really know anything about star Wars at that point. And this is the trigger or the catalyst that got them into star Wars. I would love to talk to that person. There's a lot of clone wars kids out there. Oh, not kids. I'm talking about people that were adults oh. at the time that it came out in 2018, uh, 2008. And I was 28 years old. Is that an adult? Yep. I'd say like uh, 18 years old and up kind of, you know, if you were that age and and you never, you know, you kind of knew Star Wars and you were like so-so on it. But this is the show that drew you in. Oh, I was already, I was already balls deep at that point. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like for most, the most part, people who watch Clone Wars were. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to know that there's people out there that this was their catalyst, you know. Okay, so they'll try using social media, Corey, and uh, ask the question. <laughs> That's uh, kind of just creeping around like a sickle. What? What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, one one more thing. This ties into the Mandalorian show. Like, I wonder if the rescue of the Mando, like when we see that the the Night of a Thousand Tears, like I wonder if if that was done under similar circumstances to what we see in this arc like well we see we see some death watch uh insignia in the mandalorian yes exactly like it, it makes me wonder if somewhere along the way the mando himself will learn that this because the, the revival of warrior culture in this arc was sort of a lie it was brought about in a in, in this nefarious plot from maul and I wonder if the, somehow the Mando kind of discovers that and realizes that this whole revival of warrior culture, like, this is not the way. You know, like, in the, in the third episode... Like he does oh, the real way where he doesn't take his helmet off, so it's different. Oh, okay. Like, in the third episode, <laughs> Obi-Wan, like, he, he mentions how Death Watch was in league with the Separatists, but aren't anymore. And we see the heavy battle droids on the ground during that raid. I, I maybe I won't I won't be surprised if they do throw us that curveball, you know, where, where the we learn that the Mando was rescued by Death Watch and the whole thing was a setup. Anyway, uh, anything else from you guys on this? I don't like what you just said. I don't care what you think. That's <laughs> <sighs> uh, so honestly that was a. One of the best arcs. I think we all three of us chose really pertinent arcs. Like Carlos, yours was so force laden. Uh, I really wanted to get something out there for the troops and just story wise, or uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things, uh, Kyle, I think we all chose very pertinent arcs. And I was, I was glad we got a chance to kind of explore that a bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we uh, we picked some good arcs there. If um, anything, if no one's even listening, like at least us three. Got to watch some pretty cool Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> really quick, like I think Favreau's voiceover got to me a little bit. You know, as, as we've gotten, so? just as we've gotten to like see, hear him a lot over the last year, his actual voice like penetrating our minds a bit more. Like in this, he was really hamming it up. I found. 
Of course. He has to change his voice. One thing I'll say about what he did in this is uh, his voice was extremely clear. Like he very much enunciated or pronounced all his words very distinctly. Yeah. He took on a I like what he did with the character. I loved it. Oh, for sure. But it was just like, oh John, I know that I know you're putting on a little thing there. Yeah, he's acting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like he's not gonna go in there being John Favreau, you know? Like, like he when, took when his... he does Rio, like to me that's John Favreau's voice. Or when he when he's Paz Vizsla in The Mandalorian. That's just John Favreau. Yeah, I I agree. He really he sounded very sim- similar. Well, I found I found Paz and Pre Vizsla sounded quite similar. Well, I'd hope so. Anyway, was well, the same guy? <laughs> they must be. Well, they're probably related, right? Yeah, it is Star Wars after all. What are the chances? Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we finally get to start talking about new episodes with The Bad Batch. Can't wait for that. Also going to be able to talk about Project Luminous. Oh my god, finally, some actual news on that. Uh, But that's going to do it for this week. If you want to be a part of the podcast, send your questions, your thoughts to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget to share this pod with your friends if you enjoyed this podcast. You know, let us let others know about us and and share the good word. Leave us a review. Become a powerful friend on Patreon. All that stuff, all those kind of things, really help to grow uh, our little our little podcast property here. And also shout out to Rob Wade from emotionally14.com. He endorses this episode of Tumbling Saber, as well as every episode and a bunch of other great podcasts as part of the E14 endorsed program which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. And be sure to check out our pals, our podcasting brethren at Star Wars Commonwealth. You can find the network on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider, or you can check out the group on Twitter or on Facebook. And we've got a bunch of great shows doing great things in the Star Wars galaxy. All right, guys, with all that out of the way, let's wrap it up here. Carlos, where can we find you on social media? At the funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram, uh, or at C Candido Music, or at CarlosCandidoMusic.com. Over to you, Corey. Yo, you can see me at Chop Rules with the C. That's where I'll be. <laughs> Down by the C. <laughs> and you can find me at the- Tumbling Saber on Facebook, on Twitter. Come join us in our close Facebook group. It's a lot of fun in there, and uh, it's gonna it's bound to get. A lot more fun as we start to get fresh new content starting this week, guys. Hang in there. Just a few more days to go until Clone Wars drops again. So until then, guys, until the next podcast, thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away Signs Blindly To the lines on your face Beating Strong Drifting 
Please don't. 